preseason, I did not see a high-level national championship caliber team in the Big Ten. But a month into the season, I think it's time for a little bit of a mea culpa. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome in to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily year-round national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making us your first listen or watch of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joining me today is CBS Sports College basketball writer, Mr. Kyle Boone, coming to us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's great to be joined by another Central Time Zone brother. Uh, today on the show, we've got our truly first great weekend of the college basketball season coming up. We've been overwhelmed this season with an abundance of high-level bigs. We're going to talk about all of that, but first... KB, is the top of the Big Ten better than we thought? I mean, we knew the depth would be there. Currently, 11 of these 14 teams are Ken Palm top 50. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But as I said off the top, preseason, I did not see an elite team among this group that I thought was capable of winning the national championship. But, uh, you know, a month into this thing, Are we now buying that the Big Ten could potentially break this two-decade-long national championship drought? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, Always enjoy your content. I'm going to start off my appearance by possibly disagreeing with you. Do it. it. I don't think there's a true title contender in the Big Ten. There's a lot of really good teams at the top, and if, you know, one of – Illinois or Purdue or Indiana or even Maryland went on to win the national championship. I wouldn't be like totally stunned. Yes. That being said, (laughs) I think they're all a bunch of really good teams, but I think at the top in college basketball right now, there's a couple of like elite teams that are just a tier above those at the top of the big 10. I love Houston. I think UConn has has looked like the best team in college basketball. We could talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, Texas yeah. has looked really good. They have stumbled their six and one, but I think they've looked really good too. So um, that's kind of a long winded answer to say. I think you really like the Big Ten at the top, maybe a little bit more than I do. But if you want to say like Purdue or Illinois or whoever at the top is uh i think we should consider them as a as a title contender like i i don't i don't think i would push back too much on you yeah i i don't know that i'm i'm ready to say that one of them is like man I, i'm feeling because i'm i'm with you on those teams at the top and and like you said we're gonna have to talk about uconn because what they're doing is insane um texas frankly should still be unranked or excuse me undefeated but you know yep. props to illinois that's a that's another team uh coming up um, that that has really done some stuff that if if Matthew Meyer can be more consistent and do what he did against Texas the other night, I mean, that first half was just On ridiculous. Fire. Yeah, so if he can be a, a Robin to Terrence Shannon's Batman, then, um, man, got something going there in Champaign. But, yeah, I, you know, for me, like with Purdue, for example, what happens if Zach Eady gets into foul trouble? Are they going to be able to operate? At that same level, I'm not sure that's that's possible. And and with with Indiana, to me, they are probably, I would say, perhaps the most complete team. Um, 
at least they are when they're inside assembly hall. Uh, but a- as we look at perhaps those three highest ranked big East teams, Purdue, or excuse me, big 10 teams, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, if one of them were to win the national, like if we get to that first Monday in April and one of them is listening to one shining moment, who do you think out of that group is the best equipped to do so? I think it's Illinois. Um, Illinois is the team that I had my preseason number one in the Big Ten rankings. Yeah. Uh, to this point, I think Purdue has been more impressive just because Zach Eady is completely breaking the code of college basketball right now. I mean, he was not on my national player of the year radar coming into the season. And yeah. to me, he is the clear front runner to win national player of the year right now. He's just been totally awesome. Um, I'm not entirely sure that the supporting casts around Zach Eady at Purdue is as good as Illinois has surrounding Terrence Shannon. You've got, you know, Matthew Meyer, like they have, they have so much good depth, so much good talent at Illinois that Brad Underwood has recruited and developed that I think I just have a little bit more confidence in Illinois if I was going to bet on any one of those teams at the top of the big 10. But um, I think, I think you're splitting hairs like Purdue and Illinois to this point have been like two of the top five or six best teams in college basketball this season. They look, they look legit. Yes, absolutely. Well, as always, the Big Ten is going to eat itself as we get into January, February. A lot of great clashes, high level. Again, as we said, 11 of the 14 are top 50 Ken Palm teams, so it's going to be deep as always. Of course, it's the Big 12 that is the highest rated conference at Ken Palm currently. Now, as you said just a second ago, Kyle, UConn has come out of kind of frankly nowhere to surprise us both preseason I made a bold prediction that Villanova would for the second year in a row not win the Big East that looks like a great prediction the problem is I said it was going to be Creighton supplanting them and holy smokes UConn is doing it right. They absolutely waxed Florida on Wednesday night. Adamas Sonogo led all scorers with 17, despite playing just 20 minutes due to some foul trouble. They now, uh, and somewhat courtesy of Texas's loss to Illinois the other night, are up to number two at Ken Palm. What are you seeing from UConn that is allowing them to do what they're doing? Sonogo is awesome. That's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, he's he's in the top five of the player of the year discussion at this point. Yep. And the team, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of teams right now in college basketball that are really good at one particular thing. Like you look at, mm. uh, I'm just going to say like Virginia, you know, they're, they have an elite defense. Their offense is, is pretty efficient. They run it kind of slow. Uh, they have their own specific style. I feel like Houston, its defense is pretty legit. Their defense is pretty good, but maybe not elite. UConn, I feel like, is the team that is so balanced on both offense and defense that they have multiple guys that they could throw at you uh, on the perimeter defensively. In the paint with Sonogo, um, they are just a complete (laughs) load. And then you've got Donovan Klingon, who's seven foot two, 270 pounds who's like, you know, kind of coming in as like their rotation big. Like it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, um, it's not fair and I don't understand it. Um, I, I think that is to me what has been most impressive about UConn, uh, the, the talent level, the length, the way that they play with a Dan Hurley like intensity that mirrors and reflects 
their head coach is yeah. is really really fun to watch. I was in on Creighton as well um, in in the preseason. You know, when kind of handicapping the Big East, I thought it would be Creighton, UConn, Villanova in the pecking order. Yeah. So yeah. I actually was like kind of out on a limb there, thinking UConn would be better than most people expected. And even then that was too low. Like if I'm changing that now, I think UConn is the clear favorite in the big East and Creighton has looked pretty good. Uh, It's just that UConn has been on a completely different level than everyone else in the big East. And frankly, like I think everyone else in the entire college basketball realm, they have been the clear number one team in college basketball this season to this point, 10 and 0. Um, Ken Palm has them at number eight offense defense is number four in adjusted efficiency. So like they're, they're doing everything at a really high level right now. That's right. That, that balance you talk about is what really allows a team like this to operate night in and night out. If the shots aren't falling, you got the fourth best defense in the Nate. I mean, all of that. And, and to your point is, unless I'm looking at it wrong, the only team right now at Ken Palm that's top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And yep. I, I mean, like Houston has done nothing wrong. But it's just UConn has felt a little bit more dominant watching them. We had a potential almost injury with Marcus Sasser the other night. It seems like he's good to go, which thankfully, because you just hate to see injuries with these young guys. And that is great news. Yep. Speaking of Mr. Adama Sonogo and the ridiculous season he's off to, coming into the season, there was a clear big five bigs. But there's some other huge big-time names around the nation. So my question that we're going to unpack, who are the big five outside the big five? (laughs) We're going to answer that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. Make sure you check out all the lines for this weekend's great lineup of games. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so Kyle, coming into the season, as I said, we had what most people I think would describe as like a big five of bigs. Oscar Shibway, Drew Timmy, Armando Baycott, Trace Jackson Davis, and Hunter Dickinson. In fact, uh, in fact, I think Rothstein like had them as his first team All-Americans coming into the season. Can't wait to see who's running the point for that team. Yeah. But what I want to do for this uh, next conversation is take those five guys off the board. They're out of play. And have a discussion, who would be our next five bigs based more on output of what they've actually done this season, not potential or NBA projections or anything like that. So, for example, I would not put Derek Lively from Duke on this team because the potential off the charts. But in terms of what he's been able to do this year, some of it is injury and and other things getting worked into the rotation. He just hasn't done it on the court yet. So that said, let's have a conversation at who we think are the next maybe five guys that would come in line. Okay, so I've listed three here because I think once you get past the big five, it gets kind of interesting. A little murky, yeah. That being said, I think that the big five doesn't quite hold up in the way that we thought it would. I don't think it has either. Um, I, I would definitely have Zach Eady among the new big five. Yep. I would probably have 
uh, Sonogo at like two or three on this list too. It's just, it, I think it's a byproduct of number one, Oscar Sheboy came into the season injured. Um, right. he's, he's kind of working his way back. Timmy, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, I think is still up there. Uh, Armando Baycott is like having a pretty good year, but not like making a leap that maybe people had expected. Yep. Trace Jack- injuries for him as well. Yeah. Trace Jackson Davis has, has been super solid. I think you have to have him on the list. Hunter Dickinson has been solid too. So I think he's on there, but yeah, I, I think um, from a college basketball perspective, just in terms of production of what we've seen this season, Zach Eadie's number one on the list with the bullet. Absolutely. And then um, in some order, I think you have to have Sonogo, um, Drew Timmy, Trace Jackson Davis, and I think my final one would be Kyle Filipowski at Duke. Yeah. Um, this, was, this was one I kind of – tossed and turned over because I, <laughs> I thought about it yesterday and I was thinking about it again this morning. It's like, you know, if you're going from a pro project, like projection basis, Derek Lively is the guy that I think I would take. Yep. He's, he's seven foot tall. I think he's, he's got like a modern style game that is going to fit into the NBA really well. But Filipowski has kind of been that dude for Duke this season. I mean, he, the way that he's able to knock down shots, create offense. Yes. And do everything kind of on both ends. Like he is, he's kind of the heartbeat of their offense right now. And and Jeremy Roach, his ascension has been critical. Like he's yeah. he's obviously their their number one guy. Yeah. Uh, but Filipowski, like in terms of the center position or the big man position, not necessarily center, but just the front court in general. Right. Um, I th- I think has been has been really impressive. And to me, I think he's he's definitely in consideration um for for top five um i would add probably from a draft perspective that yeah. lively's in there gg jackson from south carolina has been awesome yeah it's been really impressive um filipowski's obviously on the list and then jarris walker i think is from houston is, yeah. is another one to watch too a former five-star recruit who i think is still just kind of scratching the surface of what he's going to be he's going to be a, kind of the x factor for houston this season yeah, absolutely. He will be the the interesting thing for me with Filipowski is like, hear me not comparing him to Zion Williamson in any way, shape or form, but it's kind of a similar storyline that, that I've been talking about quite a bit because comes into the year as like the tertiary talked about freshman for Duke behind Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead, similar yeah. to Zion with RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And then immediately you knew that Zion was the dude out of that trio. Now it's different this year because Lively and Whitehead were both on the shelf and, and somebody had to step up. Um, and, and that's been Kyle Filipowski who has six double doubles in Duke's first 11 games. I mean, what are we talking about? And uh, you, you combine that with what's happening um, with Roach scoring a career t- high, tying 22 points the other night. Uh, and if so, if Whitehead and Lively ever get going, I, I, that team could vault right up into that final four discussion. I think they're just uh, a couple tiers on the outside of that right now. For folks who haven't been quite tuned into the national college basketball scene yet, some of the other names that we haven't mentioned yet for some of these bigs that I want to make sure to note would be Creighton's Ryan Kalkbrenner. We, we've talked about Creighton a little bit, um, just doing some great things there for the Blue Jays. Colin Castleton at Florida, um, who obviously was up against Adama Sinogo in, in that floor wiping on Wednesday night. Uh, but man, he, for me, is the heart and soul of the Florida Gators team and, and kind of encapsulates what they're doing. Off the beaten path a little bit at St. John's, we've got Joel Serrano, um, 
Soriano, excuse me, and St. John's off to a, a start. I think a lot of us did not expect this year. And so, so that's good. Um, Arizona is another team that had flown up. Uh, I know they took a loss, but Umar Balo, man, it's just cool to see a dude like that stepping in and being like, what's up? Here we go. And so, man, it's just so many bigs. And I know uh, there's been a lot of conversation about how NIL has afforded us to keep a lot of these guys in the game and, and things of that nature. For for you, Kyle, who who do who does so much NF, NBA, excuse me, draft stuff. Yeah. Um, how have you noticed that changing big boards and draft and, and how you order and talk about that? Yeah, it does. It doesn't necessarily affect the big boards and like rankings for draft prospects per se, but it has definitely affected college basketball and. I think it's mostly been in a positive way, right? Because yep. you look you look back at, you know, like Oscar Shibway last year. He was awesome. He was the national player of the year for Kentucky. Typically, you know, he's a guy who maybe because he doesn't project as like a clear lottery guy that maybe he just goes to the NBA because you literally cannot have a better season than <laughs> Oscar Shibway had last season. He he won every award that you could possibly imagine. Instead, NIL offers him an opportunity to come back to Kentucky to make Buku's of money. He's going to be the face of college basketball, right? And he doesn't necessarily have to like rely and like give in to the pressure of, okay, well, my draft stock is as high as it's ever going to be. I got to go. I have to capitalize on my money-making opportunity while I have it. Now it's like these guys who, especially for bigs, I feel like, yeah. who maybe are very productive college players, but, maybe don't necessarily translate seamlessly to the next level. Um, they have a ton of money-making opportunities that I think NIL has opened different paths for them. And I think it's good for college basketball because the complaint that I hear when people talk about college basketball over the years covering the sport is, man, like the teams turn over every single year. Like it's really hard to familiarize with rosters because they turn over so frequently. You have so many one and done. Yeah. Transfer portal, one and done. Like people are fans of Kentucky, but they don't know who's on Kentucky because the, the entire you know team is going to the NBA draft after one year. So I think it's mostly been a really positive thing and a positive change. Players are still going to do the one and done thing. I think that's gonna continue so long as that rule is in place. Right. Um but I think it's opened up a pathway for a lot of like fringe players who who maybe had a more difficult decision to make with staying or going to say, hey, you know, I can still I, I won't ruin my financial earning power if I decide to stay in college. Now, I think that's obviously a good thing for college basketball. Yep. And I think it's a good thing for these student athletes as well. Absolutely. There's been so many of them that have been led astray and really just set their career on the wrong path by getting bad advice and, and taking that leap. And so, so good to see so many of these guys making the decision to stay. And as guys who co cover college basketball, as you said, we absolutely love it because so many of the names stay the same and it just gives so much more name and face recognition. And I love it. As for Zach Eady, I just did not realize how much Travion Williams moving on would allow him to just blossom. You love to see it. That's a great story and you hope it continues for the big man at Purdue. Well, Kyle Boone, college football is over. We saw all the conference championships happen last weekend. We're into bowl season, but what does that mean? Saturday is free and clear, and it paves the way for college basketball to move right in and dominate Saturdays. So this weekend coming up is strong. 
holy smokes, folks, check the calendar because the next weekend is unbelievably insane. So buckle up for these next couple weeks. Now, I know there is no way for us to hit every single game upcoming. So what I want to do is just unpack a few of the games briefly and then let you take it where you want to go and highlight a couple of the games you're looking forward to. So we'll start uh, with Friday night. Really, for me, just kind of one game we're looking at of of too much note uh, because with Saturday coming in, Friday games start to taper off. That's Washington going to Gonzaga. And listen, I, I... the Bulldogs should absolutely win this game, but it's been a little bit shaky as it has been for North Carolina, the other AP preseason top two team. And so uh, watching that we get into Saturday, Holy smokes. This is insane. Let me just list some of these off the, the highlight of the entire weekend for me is number eight, Alabama at number one, Houston three Eastern time on ABC. That is a great test for both of these squads, San Diego state at St. Mary's, Oh, what? Not at St. Mary's, but in Phoenix, excuse me, three Eastern on ESPN plus number 11, Auburn playing Memphis in Atlanta Saturday at five on ESPN two uh, Tigers got some good stuff going, but going to start to get a little bit of a test with Penny Hardaway squad, uh, Kansas going to Mizzou an undefeated Mizzou squad. That's five fifteen Eastern on ESPN. Can the Tigers keep it rolling? Boy, I am intrigued by that. I think the Jayhawks will probably take care of it. Here's another one. We've already talked about this big 10, number 10, Arizona, number 14, Indiana in Vegas, yep. seven thirty Eastern on Fox, number 21, Creighton. We talked about them as well. An interesting test with BYU for the degenerate staying up late 10 Eastern on FS one, uh, a little thing close to our neck of the woods. We've got Oklahoma, Arkansas at the BOK there in Tulsa in KB's neck of the woods. One Eastern on ESPN2. Uh, an old Big East rivalry, Georgetown at Syracuse. One Eastern on ABC. We got the Battle of Cincinnati. Hopefully no fights break out, but we got the X at Cincinnati. Three Eastern on ESPN2. And then the most important game of the weekend, Kyle Boone and tongue firmly stuck into cheek on this one louisville at fsu one eastern on acc network these teams are a combined one of 17 somebody's got to come out uh as the victor and then just two games i'll touch on for sunday as well the basketball hall of fame invitational at the barclays center in brooklyn oklahoma state cowboys you might have heard of them taking on virginia tech Two Eastern on ESPN2, followed by the highlight of Sunday's slate. Number 13, Maryland, off of their first loss of the season. Number 7, Tennessee. I love the Volunteers as a top 10 team. Also at Barclays, 4.30 Eastern on FS1. Oof. Kyle. That's a lot. That is a slate, and we haven't even come close to touching everything. But what are you watching out of all that madness this weekend? Yeah, so Arizona, Indiana, to me, is like the uh, frame it, got to have it. We'll be watching every second of it. We'll be re-watching it all weekend type of game for me. Arizona has been, I mean, they've been awesome this season. They're 7-1. Yeah. and one. Yeah. Um, We talked about Umar Abalo, um, whose name I tried not to watch there, um, has has been a breakout star for, yeah. for Arizona this season. Yeah. And... Tubelis has has been awesome as well. I won't even say his first name because I am that bad at it. But that that team, that program has been just completely transformed. Yeah. 
um, the last two seasons. I think they're legit contenders in the back 12, obviously. And then you go face an Indiana team that is way better than I expected in the big 10 this season. Trace Jackson Davis has been awesome. I think that big man matchup with, with him and Balo is, is going to be really good. Excited for that. Um, low key, like the backcourt showdown between these two teams, I think is going to be pretty interesting too, because Courtney Ramey and Kirk Risa have been, have been really solid for Arizona all season facing, you know, Xavier Johnson, who's, who's been very steady for, for Indiana the season, a senior um, and Jalen hood, Shafino, who's, who's been awesome. Um, A guy who I think is firmly on the one and done radar right now. So that to me is like the, if you have one game that you can watch this, this weekend, you have to watch that one because I think that is going to go a long ways towards kind of deciding what we think about each of these two teams moving forward. And it's a, it's definitely like the highlight of this weekend. Kansas, Missouri um, is another one that I, I, I am definitely watching and not just because you're from, you know, that, that, that neck of the woods. <laughs> I think it is underrated like one of the best college basketball rival rivalries that people don't quite give enough recognition to um it's it's kind of died down i think because missouri hasn't been that great but yeah yeah. missouri is off to a really good start as you mentioned kansas is obviously off to a good start they're the reigning national champions and i think it could be a pretty good matchup so i'm looking forward to that one um true road game True road game for Kansas there. Yeah, that's right. And it would be a sneaky spot, I think, for Missouri to sneak up on them. That is going to be an awesome atmosphere. Looking forward to that one. And then um, the other one I would probably mention, you said uh, Cincinnati Xavier, right? Yeah. Is that, is that at Xavier? I believe or? it's a true road game. Yeah. Let me okay. look one more time while you talk about it. So so that one will be a really good one, too. Um, Cincinnati's a, a program that's, that's obviously on the rise right now. Um, they've had a pretty okay start to the season maybe not as good as as people expected that but they played a really tough non-conference schedule that should have been tougher um they they had louisville on the schedule ended up (laughs) catching a bad break because louisville is maybe the worst team in college basketball right now um but west miller has something i think really brewing there at cincinnati meanwhile xavier it's a sean miller like that is a obviously a program that has you know they're off to a six and three start um maybe not as good as what people expected, but again, a really tough non-conference schedule. They've already faced Indiana and lost a close one. They've already faced Duke lost a close one. They've already faced Gonzaga and lost a close one. So um, the, the, the component of this being a rivalry game, I think is interesting. And then the fact that like, these are two NCAA tournament caliber teams, I think adds kind of some intrigue to that one as well. I think so. And and it is a true road game verified. And so I, that, that's a great point, Cal, because we get so many point, so many people this time of the season, fans coming in from football who just look at the schedule and say, ah, Xavier's dropped three. I don't think they're any good. But to your point, all three are the top 13 Ken Palm teams. Right. Yeah. And so it's um, just encourage you who are listening in or watching, go look at the the caliber of the opponent's teams have lost to. Don't just look at a schedule and wins and losses and say, eh, that's no good. I don't want to be part of that. This The, the Bama-Houston game, uh, for so many people, that's going to mm. be a game they want to tune into because it is two top 10 AP teams. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, top 10 matchup. That's the game I got to see. Um, what can Nate Oates' squad do to knock off the number one team in the nation? I mean, NATO squads 
at Alabama have have done a really good job of scheming to their opponents. So, like for example, Alabama, you know, the last few years have 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 really been like super quick. They pl- they've played a really fast pace, and they've launched a ton of three pointers. <laughs> um, they're not necessarily doing that this season. Um, they they're like borderline top 20. So they're not like leading college basketball, but their, their three point rate is really high. I think if they catch fire from three, they can easily take down Houston. Um, the, the style to me, like I I would take Houston in this matchup, just if I'm making a pick, um, you, you have Houston at home. They've looked like a clear top two team to me. I I think UConn and Houston in that same tier at, at the top, um, the style to me, I, I think, is the most interesting because Alabama. I'm looking here at Ken Palm. Um, they're they're adjusted tempo right now, a 42nd in college basketball. Go to Houston's page; they're 356 <laughs> in true. adjusted tempo. So, contrasting styles. Um, two really really good coaches who know their X's and O's. They know how to play to their team's strengths. And the scouting, like the X's and O's, the way that these two coaches will scheme matchups for their players, I think is going to be really, really fascinating. It's going to be high level basketball. So if you're looking for like, I know college basketball can be hard to watch sometimes because it's like, oh man, there's so many missed shots or, oh man, like these guys just don't make good decisions. This will be like the most technically savvy and sound game to watch the weekend because they're, they're so well coached. They play to their strengths. They know how they operate. And I think it's gonna be really fun to watch. I, I, I like Houston in this matchup, but I think it'll be a really close one. Absolutely. And folks, if you haven't seen Alabama's freshman, Brandon Miller, make sure you check this dude out. He is legit. Um, And then on Sunday, make sure I'm really curious to see how Maryland kind of rebounds and what they're able to do against Tennessee could be a a really interesting game. If they can get that one, I think it definitely lends some uh, legitimacy to how they have started this season. And uh, Rick Barnes will obviously have his team ready. Uh, It feels like the backcourt is maybe getting rounded into a little bit more shape after some struggles to start the season there. Kyle Boone. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Folks, make sure you check out his great content on CBS, Freshman Watch, NBA Draft content, more. Kyle, where can they find you and your work? Yeah, uh, I appreciate you having me on, Isaac. Um, Follow me, I guess, on Twitter. That's really where I only post stuff. I I do have like a TikTok if people are interested. I just started posting on that kind of as a... I don't know. I don't know why I've been posting on it, but I have so many like video clips and stuff. It's like, I have to put it somewhere. Yes. Um, so if you're, if you're into the TikTok thing, I have that for now. Um, and then on cbsports.com is where, where you can find me. Okay, great. And uh, man, just a word to you of thanks for who you are. I know um, as we record today is the one year anniversary of Kyle starting a second round of chemo treatments. And I know you've been very um, open and and forthright and transparent with that as a way to help others process um, their their own struggles with medical things or family or friends. And um, as one human being to another, I just want to say thank you, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, I know we didn't, we didn't even meet until the final four, I think. That's right. Um, and I was completely bald from, from chemo was going through a really tough time. I was able to make it because I wanted to be there for work, but, um, 
was cool to meet you in person and you kind of spoke some encouragement into my life that was really impactful and I, mm-hmm. I definitely remember that and um so it's it's been cool to meet people along this journey because it's been it's been a really hard um few years for sure but if you are listening to this now and you're a guy go check yourself just go check yourself see and make sure everything's good down there um that's my like psa for the day um i won't get into more details i'm sure if you're interested you can you can read online you can google it um but yeah that's that's uh that's my psa for the day um just make sure that you're doing okay uh, encourage your friends to to go get checked regularly go to your doctor like if something's wrong just just go get it checked out um, that's my, uh, that's my advice for the day. I'll, I'll get off my soapbox here, but just <laughs> to close great. the podcast, that would be my, my last words of wisdom. I'll try and part. Yes. Love it. What great words of wisdom. Thank you so much for that folks. Thank you for making locked on college basketball. Your first listen of the day. Love you to check out locked on sports today as well. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Please, if you would subscribe to the show, smash the like button, leave some comments and maybe even some encouragement for our guy KB. Hey, it's been a great time to be together. We want to say until next week, peace.